Praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. This message that God has been birthing in my heart could be one of, if not the most important message that you hear as a child of God. Not because I give it, but because it's from the Word of God and it's God's shaking in these last days. God's doing, by the power of the Holy Spirit, many wonderful things in the last days. How many of you realize that there is a special anointing and a special outpouring of the Spirit that is characteristic of and predominant in the last days? There is a characteristic that the Holy Spirit presents in the Word of God um, for an example, God is going to do things in the last days among the children, among the children of His people, that is an exceptional outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's a special anointing to it. There's a special outpouring to it. If you will read in, in Malachi and in Zechariah where it talks about that God will signal for the children. Amen. And He will turn the hearts of the children to their fathers and the hearts of the fathers to their children and He will bring them out of the land of the enemy. That's a last day's move of God. And I feel in my heart that the Holy Spirit's been sharing with me that God is desirous of bringing the body of Christ in the earth in these last days to a position where they have a knowledge of how to walk in a, a firm heart belief with regards to their children, with regards to their covenant, with regards to uh, living as an a covenant people of God in the earth in the last days. It's predominant. I mean, it's it's a heavy anointing of the Holy Spirit that God is calling out a people here and there. And He's picking them out. And He's filling them with a knowledge of His Word that has been unparalleled. That we've never, ever began to experience what we are about to experience in these last days. And I'm thankful for it. I praise God for it because we all want to be a part of the moving of the Holy Spirit and we all want to have the good things of God. Amen. And the Bible tells us that God gives us the power to get wealth that He might establish His covenant in the earth. And you need to realize that true prosperity for a child of God is to be able to meet the needs of the people. And in order to do that, and God wants us to do that so that He can establish His covenant. And in order to do that, you're going to have to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You're going to have to know and understand and have a working knowledge of your covenant with God. And we're going to be talking about, for the next several lessons, believing with the heart. Believing with the heart. Let's look at Mark chapter 11. We're going to take this as our foundation text. Mark 11:22, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Now my marginal reference says, Have the God kind of faith. And we're going to be talking about that uh, in this set of lessons 
the God, what is the God kind of faith? How can we operate in the God kind of faith? Why is it so important? And it's always been important, but in these days that we're living in now, God is wanting to pour out His Spirit. Amen. God is wanting to establish His end time harvest in the earth. Why is it so much more important now than at any time ever before? We're going to look into that. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. We are going to learn in this series that real Bible faith is of the heart, not the head. We're going to talk about believing with the heart not the head. Faith will work in your heart even if there is doubts that come into your head. And some people have a problem with that area and they think, well, you know, they're believing God for whatever it is that they have need of or they're, they're trying to take a faith stand and doubts come into their head so they think they've failed the Lord and they think that their faith is not working and they think they're steeped in unbelief. But I want to tell you that your faith will work in your heart even if a doubt comes in your head. And the answer to that is found in the 10th chapter of 2 Corinthians where it talks about casting down every imagination, every thought, every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. The Word of God is our foundation. The Word of God is the standard on which we build our doctrine, our theology, our faith, everything that we do, everything that we preach, everything that we say, is it must be based on the Word of God. And so when thoughts come to your head that are negative, when you start receiving from Satan fearful thoughts, when you start receiving thoughts that are opposite of God's Word, then you cast those down. And you replace them with the Word of God. We're going to see that as we get further and further into this message. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, Lord, that you would anoint my lips to speak forth your Word, Father, with clarity, with love, with boldness, and with accuracy in the name of Jesus. Father, God, anoint the people. Drive your word to their hearts, Lord, with power and with anointing. This engrafted word, God, that's able to renew our minds. Father, show us, reveal to us what it means to really believe with our hearts. Now bless these words, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we lift up Jesus and we give you all the praise and glory. And everybody would say, Amen and Amen. Using as our foundation, Mark 11, we see then that Jesus is instructing the disciples, have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you. Now, when you see the word therefore, see what it's there for. Okay? Therefore, or because, if you say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, 
Because you don't doubt in your heart, because you believe those things which you say shall come to pass, you're going to have whatever you say. So I'm saying unto you, Jesus said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. He's saying two things here. Number one, God, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is establishing here. He's saying it. Because of the principle that he introduced to them in the 23rd verse, he's, he's saying because of that principle, I'm saying something that will become law for you. Whatever you pray for, whatsoever things you desire, when you're praying, believe it in your heart and you shall have it. Believe that you receive and you shall have. And he's also saying there, uh, this, is the, this is where he established it in the lives of the disciples, and he's also saying there that when your desires are lined up with God's Word, God will always, always answer a prayer like that and give you the very desire of your heart. Because your desire will be birthed out of God's desire. And that's very important. I mean, it's not prudent at all for us to ask for frivolous things. Um, there, there's another scripture where it talks about the disciples that ask the Lord, you know, we want to be on the right hand and on the left hand uh, when you go into your kingdom. And he said, hey, you know, you don't even know what you're asking. That desire was not based out of God's desire. So God is not obligated to answer a prayer like that. If you're praying crosswise with the Word of God, then God has no obligation to answer that prayer. But when your prayers are in line with God's Word and God's will and God's desire, God will always answer that prayer. Amen? And that's what Jesus is introducing uh, in the 24th verse of the 11th chapter of Mark. And then he says, when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. So at the beginning of this message, I'd like to tell you that forgiveness and walking in the love of God is the absolute foundation for your faith. A step out of love is a step into sin, and when the church begins to live in sin, then their prayers will be destroyed. Their faith will not be effective in the kingdom of God. And living in sin is simply being angry with your brother, holding a grudge. There's many ways that you can sin, but I'll tell you this. The Bible tells us in the book of James and in other scriptures that you can commit any single sin of the flesh. You can commit it with your mouth. Amen. The attitudes of our heart determine the words that we speak. And you can commit murder with your tongue. You can commit adultery with your mouth. You can commit any sin with words of cursing. And when you get out of the love of God, you're walking in sin. I don't care how you look at it. If you're holding a grudge against someone, if you're walking in unforgiveness, and the sad thing about it is, and I know people, that things have happened to them 20, 25, 30 years ago, and they still haven't forgiven that person. 
And they're the ones that are being held in bondage. They're the ones that are in prison over that situation because they're not releasing it to the Lord. They're not rolling the care of it over onto God. They're not humbling themselves. See? So that 25 years later, or 30 years, or how many, however long it was since the thing happened, they're still living it every day. Because they haven't turned it loose and they haven't walked in God's love and forgiveness. And God's love is so much beyond the love of man, the love that man has. Amen? God's love is an unconditional love and a complete love. And it is the foundation for our faith. And that's one thing that the Holy Spirit wants to do in the earth is bring the body of Christ together in unity. And there's a reason that He wants us unified. Now, He doesn't tell us to come together on the unity of our doctrine. Thank God. He says come together in the unity of our faith in Jesus. And when we do that, we will learn how to walk in love with one another. And that will produce a Holy Spirit power in the earth in these last days. In the 17th chapter of John, where Jesus was praying that they may be one as we are one. You remember that prayer that Jesus prayed? Uh, the 21st verse of the 17th chapter says, That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world might believe that Thou hast sent me. And he's talking here about three things in his prayer for unity that he's saying will take place. When the church comes together in the love of God, in the faith of Jesus Christ, world evangelization, a glorified church, and the perfection of the church will take place, birthed out of that unconditional love of God. So there's a power to it. And if we refuse to walk in God's love, our faith will be of no effect. And our prayers will be of no effect. You can't even begin to walk the faith walk until you understand that you're going to have to love. And you're going to have, you cannot afford, child of God, you cannot afford to let things of the world get into your spirit. You understand what I'm saying? You can't afford to be in bondage for 20 years to something that somebody has done to you because it's going to affect your faith. It's going to affect your relationship with God. And that's why as soon as something comes up, it's best just to take care of it right then. It's best just to exhibit the attitude of Jesus Christ and forgive that individual or forgive that church who's ever done you the wrong and begin to love them, and begin to obey the Word of God concerning how we should react to other people, and then go on with Jesus. Amen? A lot of people don't like to read that verse 25 and 26 of Mark, the 11th chapter. I mean, they want the believing part, and they want the saying part, and they want the answered prayer, but they don't want to walk in love, and it won't work. I said it won't work. Because God is love. And the very motivation that comes from his heart toward his children is love. And we need to get that in proper order first, and then we can move on to the second step. Amen? Praise the Lord. And let's read that again, Mark 11, 22 through 26. This is our foundation. We'll be referring back to it many times in the course of these lessons. <clears throat> and Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. 
For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, mountains of discouragement, mountain of doubt, mountains of unbelief, mountains of sickness and disease, mountains of poverty, mountains of failure in your life, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now how can you believe that you receive something at the moment that you pray instead of when you see it? We're going to talk here briefly about two kinds of faith. There's the Thomas kind of faith, and you'll find that in the 20th chapter of John. Let's go there just for a minute. John chapter 20, let's start with 20, verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Now Jesus upbraided the disciples over their hardness of heart because they didn't believe he rose from the dead. I mean, Mary Magdalene and some of the other women there came and told them, and they didn't believe it. They were fearful. Uh, ever since Jesus was crucified, the apostles were locked away in fear. And God didn't want them to be living in fear. Amen. They could never carry out the Great Commission in fear. And they needed to receive the Word in their heart with gladness. And instead, they wouldn't believe. And now we see here that Thomas, uh, he wasn't even with them. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my, side, my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now unbelief, and you might want to write this down, unbelief is refusing the word. Unbelief is refusing the word. We're talking in this series on believing with the heart. Belief with the heart. Unbelief is refusing the word. Refusing God's word concerning your healing. And, and going by what your physical body says. That's unbelief. Refusing God's word concerning your prospering in the earth. And going by what your circumstances look like. That is unbelief. Anytime you take the negative report, the bad report of the world, and you elevate that above God's good report, you're in unbelief. Okay? And Thomas was in unbelief. The disciples, all of them, were in unbelief, but then they saw the Lord, they believed. And we're going to see what happens to Thomas here. After eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I love that phrase. That's a sermon right there. Then came Jesus. Yes, one day I was lost without God. I was lost and undone without God or His Son. Then came Jesus. Glory to God. I was broke, disgusted, sick, sober, and sorry. But one day came Jesus into my heart. Hallelujah. Jesus will change your life 
for time and eternity. And Jesus will take you out of a bad situation. He'll take you out of the, the controversy of the world and He will elevate you to a spiritual reality. We're going to talk a little later about releasing a spiritual reality. And what are spiritual realities? Then came Jesus in the midst of your doubt, in the midst of your unbelief, in the midst of your turmoil, in the midst of the storms of life. All of a sudden, there's Jesus. And if you'll receive Him, if you'll receive Him and His Word into the, to your heart and apply it to your situation, victory's guaranteed. Amen? Let's keep reading. After eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. These men were fearing for their lives after the crucifixion. These were, uh, I, I believe from the study of the history surrounding it, that some of them were being hunted for their because of their relationship with Jesus. And they crucified Jesus. Jesus rose from the dead. But the disciples were, the doors were shut. They were fearful. They were fearing for their lives. And Jesus comes, and in the middle of all this that's going on around about them, they lost their leader. They were scared. They were shut up. And Jesus comes and says, Peace be unto you. Hallelujah. Isn't that like the Lord? Glory to God. You can have God's peace in the midst of the storms of life. Amen. You can have the peace of God to rule and reign in your heart. And to rule in your mind. And you can walk in a covenant of peace because you're a believer in Christ. Amen. That is, that's a powerful statement. We need that in our world today. And we live in a dangerous world. But I'm not in danger. I'm God's child. And I have a covenant of peace with God. And God instigated your covenant. You didn't do it. God, God instigated it. And He said, if you'll receive it, you can have it. Praise God. Then saith he to Thomas, verse 27. And we're in the 20th chapter of John. Then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Look at these scars. Reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. We're talking about believing. We're talking about believing with the heart. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. So we see Thomas had the sense knowledge kind of faith. His faith was built on what he could see. His faith was, you know, it had to come through his eyes or his touch or his hearing or his smelling. The, the five physical senses, you know. And God is, Jesus is Lord over the physical senses. Amen. And we use the physical senses to help us in our lives in many, many areas. But I'll tell you this, if it exalts itself against the knowledge of God, then we want to believe the Word of God and not what we're seeing and not what we're hearing and not what we're feeling. Amen? We believe the Word of God because that is spiritual reality. The world of the Spirit is more real than this world of the natural. 
The world of the Spirit created the world of the natural. Read it 14 times in Genesis there, chapter 1 and, and perhaps even chapter 2, but 14 times in the creation account, it says, and God said, and God called, and it was very good. Amen. The Word of God is good. And God had an inner image on the inside of Him. There was no world here. God said world be and world was. And God didn't either just look down one day and say, well, what do you know? There's a world. No. God had a picture of it on the inside of Himself. But we're going to talk about this in this study. Believing with your heart. Now let's go back to Mark 11. Read this again and I'll show you. We've understood now that there is one type of faith that is based on what we can see and, and what's happening around about us. It's the sense kind of faith and it's a carnal faith. It'll never help you stand on the Word of God. It'll never help you stand the storms of life. It's the Thomas kind of faith. That's what we'll refer to it as. And really, it's the man kind of faith. It's the flesh. It's carnal. It's grounded more in fear than in anything else. Okay? And you've heard the old expression in the world. It's a stupid expression, but you've heard it. Well, seeing is believing. Well, blessed are those who have not seen, but yet they believe. That's what Jesus said. Whose report will you agree with? Amen? Now let's read Mark 11 again, starting with verse 22. Jesus answering saith unto them, Have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. That's the God kind of faith. Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now let's go to the fourth chapter of the book of Romans, and we will see Abraham operating in the God kind of faith. It's totally opposite of the kind of faith that Thomas had. Okay? Let's start in Romans chapter 4 with verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure. Hallelujah. God's promises are sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, Paul wrote this book to the church at Rome, and they were Gentiles. But praise God, when we receive Christ as the Lord of our life, we're grafted in. Amen? The Bible tells us we're grafted in. We're grafted in. We are partakers of the covenant of Abraham. Then he says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Now, God said that before Abraham had ever had a child. I have made thee a father of many nations. It was in the heart of God for Abraham to be the father of many nations. Just like it's in the heart of God for Jesus to be exalted, to be lifted up, so that he can draw all men to himself. It's in his heart. 
It's in the heart of God for all of His people to walk in health. It is in the heart of God for all of His people to walk in victory, to be overcomers. It's in the heart of God to prosper His people. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 8 tells us it's God that gives you the power to get wealth so that He can establish His covenant in the earth. That's in His heart. Remember that as we proceed because it's going to help you. It helps us all, amen, to know what is in God's heart where we're concerned. And once we can see that, then we have a blueprint by which our faith can work. Anybody know what that blueprint is? Hope. Hope. You will see, and by the grace of God, we're going to show you how that believing with the heart is connected to the three abiding forces, faith, hope, and love. And how that the inner image of hope that you get from the Word of God is built on your covenant. It's built out of this Word. That's really what believing with the heart is. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's go back here and read in Romans 4. We're looking at the God kind of faith. Amen. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead. I mean, it's God that makes us alive. It's God that gives us life. And calleth those things which be not as though they were. Amen. Who against hope, Abraham here, against hope, believed in hope. What in the world? Let me read that again. Abraham against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. Now I'm going to just touch on that briefly because we're going to come back to this and God's going to unfold something to us. But there's also not only two kinds of faith, you know, the Thomas kind of faith and the God kind of faith, but there's also two kinds of hope. There's a natural hope that comes from the word of the world, and there's a God. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I thank you for taking the time to tune in and listen today. This was a, a teaching that we did here at the ministry. Uh, actually, we weren't in the location where we are today, but in 1992. And we were not able to save very much of the teaching at all. It's all on magnetic tape, and the tapes have just plumb wore out, to be honest with you. But going all the way back into the archives, which I do occasionally, and I try to find things that we can share with our audience today, uh, we come across this and uh, the first side of the tape was good. The second side is not good. And there's too much ping and, and, and magnetic noise in it. But I pray it's been a blessing to you as we talked about faith today. We talked about believing with the heart. We talked about walking in love. And uh, so from the archives, 1992, uh, this message uh, touched an awful lot of people back in those days. And why don't you do us a favor by sharing this podcast with your friends. And, and how about, wouldn't it be great if we can just believe God to increase the audience by at least ten times over 
in the next few weeks. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? God bless you so much for taking of your time to listen to the teachings here on the Old Time Power Podcast. This is Brother Paxton saying, go with God and he will go with you. Bless you.